When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. This day, Patriots Daily podcast with yours truly, Kyrie Thompson, and the man, Taylor Kyles, who just completed his first day of training camp coverage. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling, my man? I'm feeling good, man. I'm juiced up. It's like this is the buzzword at camp, but it really does feel like the first day of school. I got to dip my toe in, obviously, at OTAs and minicamp, get to meet all the amazing people on the beat um, and kind of get a feel for the space and everything. So today it was cool getting back out there. Uh, it was a little more competitive still in T-shirts and shorts, you know, but um, as the Patriots always do, they started training camp with low red zone work. So we saw a lot of competition. We'll get more into that, but uh, it was fun, man. And the crowd was fantastic if you were in the crowd you killed it um i got to saw people singing dietrich wise happy birthday uh judon was playing catch with people in the crowd yep. juju smith schuster was getting a lot of cheers and everything it was a really really cool atmosphere and if you haven't been out there yet and you can please make it to practice it's a great time yeah and you always get a feel for who the energy guys are going to be because judon has always kind of been that way kendrick Bourne has typically been that way in the past he might be a little mm. bit more you know locked in you know, after uh, you know what happened last year, uh, where where things didn't quite go so well, but you know, especially you see him in the stretching lines, always dancing, he's always dapping people up. Like he's having a, he's having a good time out there. I remember when him and Cam were both there, like they were yeah, both just... they were both having a great time. Um, but yeah, there's there's it's really fun being out there for the first day, especially. Mm-hmm. It's the first time that fans have seen this team in in a yeah. while and the excitement is is arguably at its zenith you know unless your team is going to big word look at this guy hey, 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 look okay like this is this is what i do okay um <laughs> you're the brains behind the operation I, I was gonna say you know i i missed it you know i was over here like you know frantically digesting content and you know the fun thing is that the the patriots have a reputation for being very you know, kind of closed up and stuff like that in, in terms of the media and, and the access that they allow you to have. But some other teams don't let you talk about highlights that happened at camp mm-hmm. until camp is until practice is over. But I think that's mm-hmm. one of the cool things about the Patriots, um, you know, and, and some other teams in the league. But it's like you get to hear about what's going on as it's going on. Great plays and team drills or one on ones. I'm yeah. sitting there in Radio Boston. Not supposed to be checking your phone, but I'm checking my phone, right? Uh, and, and so it's like, I see, a, oh, Mac Jones's first competitive pass got intercepted. Ah, mm-hmm. that's going to be great. And then, of course, cue the, the, you know, the chance for Zappy, Zappy, which we're going to get to later. But all in all, sounds like it was a very defensive day out mm-hmm. there at Gillette Stadium. Is that how you describe it? Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, when you're doing low red zone work, that's designed to kind of cater to the defense. There's less space, especially when there's no contact. Like they weren't really doing a lot of rub routes or anything. Like they were trying to make it difficult. So it was up to the players to try to create separation. And as we know, the Patriots are pretty stacked in their secondary. That was not an easy task. Uh, like you said, there was an early interception. Kyle Duggar picked off a pass for Mike Kosicki. Um, But I mean, 
that's Kyle Duggar. We saw last year the guy's a turnover machine. So you kind of take that with a grain of salt. It wasn't like it was a bad read or anything for Mac Jones. Duggar just undercut it. Um, and, of course, it's hard like, to really have – He does have, that to people. Exactly, exactly. And it's hard to be definitive with a lot of these things because there's no replay. A lot of it's just right. asking other people, like, what did you see on that? Um, it's kind right. of a group effort. More of the group effort than I think people realize. It's, oh, it's yeah. such a great beat with a lot of really open people who are willing to help out. Um I was like right next to Tom Curran and we were kind of going back and forth trying to help each other figure out what was good. Um, But yeah, it was, it was definitely a defensive leaning practice. There was, there was one standout who we'll get to um, a guy who plays a few positions who I think is going to have a pretty big role that not a lot of people are talking about, but uh, yeah, man, it was the defense looked really good. The coverage was tight. They really lived up to the billing Um, and we'll see if the offense can uh, return the favor tomorrow. Yeah, and, and you know, there's uh, again, th- this is the first day of camp, and you started seeing some of the the training camp stats rolling out, where it's like Mac Jones was like, I don't know, like uh, eleven for seventeen. I can't even remember how many how many reps or whatever it yeah. was. You know, five for ten in, in team drills, and and you start to see the breakdowns, and people are like, oh yeah, Mac Jones outdueled Bailey Zappi. It's like this isn't really a duel. Like if we're gonna be. Yeah. Let's let's keep context here. I know people are like, oh yeah, like you know, I I really want to see what Zappy can do. It's like you're not gonna see what Zappy can do unless Matt gets hurt, most likely. So just exactly just hope that Mac Jones plays well. You know what I mean? Like that that that's that's your your best avenue towards uh you know having a good Patriot season is Mac Jones being good because generally if backup is playing, you're bad or you're gonna you're gonna be <laughs> generally. I mean, not always generally. Good. We'll see. But I think, again, it's important to maintain context, especially when you're talking Mm -hmm. about red zone work. I remember last year, probably the second practice of of mini or or, or second practice of training camp. So I was there on on a Friday and I Mm -hmm. swear it's like Mac Jones only completed like one pass in red zone team drills. Bailey Zappi missed like 10 straight. It's like things like that happen early in camp with the Mm -hmm. thing. You know, you want to be concerned about is if it's happening later on in camp. Um, yeah. With uh, you know last year's offense, that was a bit of a problem. But you know the offense was bad. But I think you know this is one of those deals where look, they're everybody's getting their feet wet. Everybody is is kind of you know finding their bearings. The offense is I, generally it's easier for defense, kind of period. Especially when you have a a, a defense that hasn't changed. Right, this is the same yeah. defense. It's the same system. It's a lot of the same players. Don't forget that even though it's more back to what the Patriots do and Patriots terminology, et cetera, et cetera, this is a new offensive system for a lot of people. So this mm. could take some time. So be patient with the offense. That's what I will say. And I mean, yes, be patient with the offense. But leading in, somebody was talking about Ty Montgomery in the comments. Yeah, I got to our guy. Yeah, because he was the offensive standout today. You know, it was really tough for guys to get separation again against these really good defenders for the Pats. But Ty Montgomery, someone who was listed originally as a running back and who played running back last season, now I kind of made the joke on Twitter over the break because he posted something on Instagram where it was just like that classic wide receiver tweet where they sound like they're actively being hunted. They're for real. Exactly. It was just like the enemy speaks kindly but holds a knife like that kind of thing. And I joke that he has officially become a receiver. Well, now if you look at the Patriots roster online, he is a wide receiver. And I was saying uh, during minicamp and OTAs, he was taking a lot of reps in the slot 
and looked like their top target. Now, obviously, that was largely due to the fact that Juju and Tyquan Thornton were nursing their own injuries, uh, but it does seem like that's where he's going to be listed. But throughout his career, we've seen that Ty Montgomery is a versatile player who can really play either position depending on what you need on any individual play. And we saw that. The guy caught four passes, all for touchdowns. Again, you're in the low red zone. You don't have to go that far for a touchdown, but you know right. you can get stopped at the one-yard line. So it is notable. But – he was, he was active. He was contributing for multiple different alignments in different ways. There was one play where he was like really late in Trace McSorley's progression. I don't know if it would have been a sack in real life or not. Who's to say? But, you know, he stuck to the play. And Ty Montgomery made one of the only downfield catches uh, that we saw in the day. So he's someone that you're hoping that someone like a Pierre Strong, who's more explosive, can really kind of take over his role and maybe not push him off the roster, but seize a lot of the opportunities you expect from a Ty Montgomery. But he's a veteran. He isn't as explosive, but he's consistent, and you know what you're going to get out of him. And with Bill O'Brien's offense, he loves to use personnel to dictate to the defense, create mismatches, and see how the defense reacts, and then adjust accordingly or attack a certain place. And with Ty Montgomery on the field, you really don't know. Is he going to be in the backfield? Are they going to go empty, and then he's a receiver? You know, those kind of mind games that you can play with the defense. So, yeah, he had a really good day, which was good to see, you know, somebody standing out. Um, and just his versatility is really, really going to be, I think, uh, a, a positive for the Patriots offense as we kind of figure out how the personnel groupings are going to work out. Like, because as we know, they're using a lot of 12 personnel. Kasicki and Hunter Henry are two of the cores you expect for their offense. And the interesting thing you saw from the receivers was it was a really heavy rotation. There were different guys coming in pretty much every rep, different combinations. And to a degree, I'm sure they want to see what guys fit in best where. But by the same token, they have, you know, maybe not that number one, but you do have a lot of different guys who can do different things and keep the offense on their toes. I saw something about Juju Smith-Schuster. Didn't stand out a ton. He did have Max first completion of the day to an offensive player. Um, it was his little underneath uh, catch for a touchdown, kind of like a sit route. It, I think it was zone coverage. Um, so he did have a positive play. And Mac even said when he was speaking to media that Juju brings some juice and he was really excited to have him back. So, you know, this is a diverse group. You may not have that clear cut number one, like an Edelman or a Gronk or a Welker necessarily, but you have a lot of guys who are at least good number twos, and there's not a lot of teams who have even three competent coverage defenders who can really compete with guys on that level even. So, um, yeah, long way to go. We're going to see what happens. But uh, Ty Montgomery, good to see that. And Juju Smith-Schuster did make a brief impact early in the day. All right, a couple of quick impressions because I'm seeing I'm seeing a bunch of names flying around here. I want, I want quick impressions, like 30 mm -hmm. seconds. Got you. Mac Jones, how was he today? Uh, yeah, it was a tough day for everybody, um, but I thought Mac Jones was making the right reads. Most of the throws were catchable. It's just the defensive coverage was so tight that there weren't a lot of plays to be made necessarily, but I thought Mac Jones looked fine. You know, obviously with the stat line, you can't give him too much praise, but there weren't really a lot of decisions where I was like, yeah, that's pretty scary, and he's doing the wrong thing. Yes, and I, I feel like that's important. Um, yeah. like, let, 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 let's keep that in perspective. Right now, you want to make sure that the guy is throwing the ball to the right place and that he knows what he's doing. All right, Kayshawn mm -hmm. Booty. Uh, didn't really see a lot from him, honestly. You know, he's, we have a lot of veterans, so it's going to be very hard for Kayshawn Booty to make an impact. There was one play that I remember where he tried to make a catch in the back of the end zone. I'm trying to remember who was in coverage. I think it was Isaiah Bolden, uh, but he went up, he had the catch for like a split second, showed really good body control, credit to him, just couldn't uh, ultimately finish the play. It was a really good play. Again, I think it was Bolden. I'm not positive. I'd have to check my notes, uh, but the defender whomever it was, uh, made a good play to stay in the rep 
and break it up late. So you didn't see a lot from Booty. Uh, you saw the athleticism, but, you know, in those reps where it's a third team, you'd like to see a little more for someone who's so talented. All right. Christian Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez actually got beat for a touchdown by Hunter Henry. It was one of the few positive plays for the offense. And uh, it was really fun. Hunter Henry got up and he pumped up the crowd, which is pretty cool. Uh, but other than that, you didn't hear Gonzalez. You didn't really see Gonzalez in the action a lot. And that's what you want to see. You, the best cornerbacks, you don't hear from him very often unless, you know, quarterbacks are making the mistake of throwing to them. So, you know, overall got beat by Hunter Henry, Wiley veteran who has a good connection with Mac, but otherwise you had a quiet day. All right, we brought up Mac Jones. I want to get into a little bit of sound here soon. So Mac Jones spoke to the media after practice, and there were a couple of interesting comments in here. Number one, there was a point in which he was talking about whether or not his relationship with Bill Belichick was good, because obviously this has been a storyline throughout the offseason and throughout the end of last season. Did you know Bill Belichick and Mac Jones have a falling out? Um, did Mac Jones, you know, reportedly going behind Bill Belichick's back to other coaches and asking for advice? Was that an issue? And we'd like to hear a little bit about what he had to say if we've got that sound. I think we got that somewhere. Um, no, I think we're good. I think the biggest thing that we, we've all talked about is just having a fresh start. Um, I think there's a lot of learning experiences uh, from last year that we've talked about. And uh, this year, it's all about just working together, right? You got to come up with a plan and then obviously talk about it and then execute it. So I'm excited for that part of it. Uh, really just for me, just trying to be really consistent, uh, try not to you know ride the wave and just stay my course. So I don't know how you read that. I find it a little bit interesting because whether or not their relationship is actually good for, 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 for real, I think that's getting back to the, okay, look, we're not going to talk about, what's going on behind closed doors. We're going to try to move. We're going to try to move past that. We're going to try and stay in the here and now. And I think that if nothing else, that's a good sign in terms of trying to at least ostensibly give this thing a fresh start. And, we, and you heard also Mac Jones talking about Bill O'Brien and, and yep. basically again, saying that he feels like the offense has a good mojo this year, which again, from my perspective, right? Last year, you could tell it wasn't right. Like it, it, it felt obvious. It felt forced. Like Mac Jones, like, yeah, we're going to teach each other this whole deal, you know, and, and we're, we're going to, we're going to work together. I'm going to help teach the offensive coordinators. And you kind of got the feeling where he's like, yeah, I'm not really feeling this. And people and like kind of trying to pump up the situation when you could tell it was awkward and yeah. you had, you know, offensive team meetings on the field after practice because it wasn't going so well. If nothing else, whether or not the production is there on day one, it feels the vibe that I'm getting from all the way over here, like what, 20 miles away, feels a lot better. Absolutely. Like, so I'll start with Belichick. Really quick, I think Mac Jones and Bill Belichick, they're adults, and they both want to have success, and that's the most important thing. So I don't think it really benefits either one of them that hold some grudge from last season and a year that we all know was tumultuous and was out of character for the Patriots in terms of just how little structure they had, um, the lack of communication, the lack of cohesiveness, all that. I think Belichick recognizes that. I'm sure Mac Jones recognizes that. So I really do sincerely think that these two guys are just like, hey, clean slate. You know, I don't have any ill will. We're starting fresh. We got new staff. Uh, we're, we plugged the holes that we needed to. Let's just figure out a way to win games. Bill O'Brien, I mean, that one's just like a slam dunk. 
it's someone who knows the Patriots. He knows Alabama, and not just Alabama, but the system that Mac Jones specifically used in his time there. So obviously with someone who gives like Bill O'Brien, who gives you structure, who gives you discipline, like the Patriots are an organization where if you're there, you value discipline to some degree because you want to get better and you want to be surrounded by coaches who are going to tell you how you can improve and what things you're not doing right. You know, we heard that from some players where they mentioned that also with Adrian Clem. I know we'll, we'll get to that later, but having that structure, that discipline and a coach who's has experience and really knows how to solve problems Versus it just being like, an, oh, I'm not really sure what we do. Let's just figure it out as we go. You know, that's gone. Um, so it makes sense that Max excited. Everybody seems excited. And the fact that we're here versus where we were last season, where people just didn't really feel like they wanted to, like they, they just they kept emphasizing that they needed to buy in. And you kept hearing that. And it's like, it's kind of weird that you're telling me that you need to buy in. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it was a really weird vibe. Things you don't usually hear from the Patriots. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is an organization that is very goal-oriented and they know what they're trying to do and they understand there's a process. And the foundation they're building, I think, is a good one because they have people around them who can actually make them better versus either keeping them stagnant or even kind of detracting from their success. Agreed. Also, thank you all who are joining the chat right now, chiming in. We appreciate you. We love you all. Big MGM. Nah, if I'm Mac Jones, I would 100% hold a grudge. Me too, bro. It's like it's like better man than me, if that's true. I would low-key still be holding a grudge. I'd still be out there trying to do my job, but I would still be holding a grudge. And then you know, seeing a couple of, you know, little trash talk flying in the chat. Uh, you know, B.O.B. is supposed to fix Mac Jones. It's like, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good on that. I mean, come on. Like, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't need to go there right now. But you talked about guys buying in, and I feel like this is a dude that I want to talk about. Trent Brown, because the question with him has so often been whether or not he is, is going gonna, is gonna to buy in, he's going to be engaged, and he's going to play to the best of his ability. And I have on this chat, like I, I've kind of defended Trent Brown a little bit because mm -hmm. I feel like people think that he's terrible, like he's a, like he's a bad player, you should have cut him, get rid of him, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just like, look, he really wasn't that bad last year. He had some bad games. Like, I'm going to keep it real with you. He's had some terrible games. But let, let's be honest here. When it, when it comes to the actual play on the field, he was actually one of their more consistent offensive linemen. He was asked a little bit about the, the again, the vibe of the offense under Bill O'Brien and playing with Adrian Clem, a guy who, again, was drafted by the New England Patriots as an offensive lineman. And here's what he had to say about that. And kind of like to hear that about Trent Brown and the way that the way that he seems to be. What's it been like working with Adrian Clem? It's been lovely. Uh, I think he brings uh, a newer, younger attitude to the offensive line position. Um, changes some things that we do individually as a position group. Uh, and I think that it'll fare well for us uh, as individuals and as a whole. One thing that, that really stood out to me from reading that transcript was him saying something to the effect of, you know, it, it's, it's different when you've got a guy who played the game versus somebody who is standing up there with a clicker and a marker. And mm. that, look, okay, Matt Patricia did a million years ago play offensive line for like Rochester, like Polytechnic or whatever, it is, like, some, like, like, like D3 or something like that. But it, it felt a little bit like a shot in a way mm -hmm. where it's just like, okay, you're standing up there. You're talking at me. You're telling me stuff. You got a lot of information, but this is a guy who has seen it at an mm -hmm. NFL level. 
has played that brand, that level of football before and can level with me a little bit about what I'm seeing and, and how this all goes down. I feel like, again, this is something they needed. They needed somebody to come in and, and enter, well, energize them and, like you said, have the answers. And it feels like, again, this is day one of training camp, okay? Yeah. The, the, as Cam Newton you know, once said back in the day, the live bullets have not started flying yet. Mm, yeah. But it sounds like at least they have a little bit more ostensible confidence that they will be ready to deal with that when they do start flying. How are you feeling yeah. about, about Trent Brown and also on the other side of the line, right tackle? Yeah, so Trent Brown, I think he's a very misunderstood player. I think for someone who constantly is, has his effort questioned and you know people kind of make it seem like he doesn't really he has some lack of work ethic he's someone who played every game for the Patriots last season despite the fact that he lost 10 pounds because he had the flu against Buffalo I don't know how many players who don't who aren't serious about their craft that would do that feeling that like most of us don't want to get out of bed this man was going up against the Bills edge rushers so for one like he he played every game even though he wasn't always in the best physical shape. So I, I do want to say that, first of all, because I think he deserves more respect than he gets. On top of that, he is objectively one of the better tackles in the league. I think last year, more than bad games, he had bad moments where you saw the communication where he's just making these inexplicable mistakes that you didn't see him make at any other point in his career. Like Trent Brown's not someone where you're saying, hey, he's physically great, but his mental makeup isn't there. Like it was definitely strange. And I'm sure it coincides with the fact that players were saying they changed from like a word-based system to a numbers-based system. And Trent Brown was having to learn that and clearly wasn't on the same page. So I want to preface He wasn't the only one either. I think exactly. that's the thing. They couldn't block anything. Yeah. And, and, so, and again, I think, I think that there is something to be said about that. And, you know, some people, you know, AJ's bringing up in, in the chat, you know, Dante Scarnecchia didn't play either, but, you know, people respected him. Yeah, well, Dante Scarnecchia had like, I don't know, 30 years of exper like coaching experience or something like that by the time like Trent Brown even touched this team. Like he, he was yeah. a major, major it, veteran. There, there, is a, there is a major contextual difference between Dante Scarnecchia, people listening to him and people listening to Matt Patricia, who'd never even formally held that position in the NFL before, you know, yeah, so and I, I understand I, people not wanting to talk about last year also. Like I get that, I but get I think it it's important for what we're going to talk about this season because it's Trent Brown is one of their best offensive players, period. Best offensive lineman, not named Mike and Wenu. Now I think there was, there was obviously in minicamp and OTAs, he wasn't present. That was not great. I completely acknowledge that. Like that is somewhere where you would like to see him be present, participating with the team, all that. But he also seems like somebody who kind of has his own offseason routine where you saw him busting his butt on Instagram. Like he's working out with uh, Duke Mannyweather, who's I think probably the best offensive line coach yeah, on good. the planet. Um, according to a lot of people, Trent Brown said it himself that he thought that of him uh, with Shaq Mason, his old pal. So you saw him. And when you saw Trent Brown in person, he looked like he slimmed down significantly and he was a consistent presence at left tackle. So beyond that, no, I'm sorry. I kind of went sidetracked. I had to, you know, defend Trent Brown a little bit. But when you talk about the coaching, Adrian Clem, like he seems excited. It just, the feeling you get, again, is very, very different. It doesn't seem like people are disjointed. Um, you know, they're saying he's fiery, and he was mentioning that he's helping correct mistakes. 
Those yeah. are things that I'm sure Joe Judge didn't even have the time, much less the experience to do. Uh, because like you said, he didn't have a lot of time as an offensive. I think he was an offensive line coach for like one year when he first got to the Patriots or something like that. And on top of that, he's building offensive game plans. Obviously, I'm sure he had some help and he wasn't doing that by himself. But he was stretched so thin. And offensive line coaches are usually only that for their entire careers. And a lot of the time, the position is so important that those guys end up being assistant head coaches because they're so crucial to the game plan. Yeah. Like usually the run game plan is pretty much built by the, the offensive line coach. So the fact they have someone like Adrian Clem who has experience with Skarnecchia, who clearly is someone who's going to, like I said with O'Brien, give you discipline and structure and be able to correct those mistakes and also who can see the game through the eyes of a player – Versus someone who's just saying, hey, like, this is how you're supposed to do it, do that. Versus saying, okay, I understand, like, maybe your physical attributes, this isn't as easy. Maybe do it this way and really work cohesively with them. I think that's going to be a massive difference maker. And I'm really excited to see what Trent Brown does. Um, and I do think he's going to be a consistent presence and kind of go back to that level of play that we're used to seeing from him. And I hope that, again, with Trent Brown playing the way that he can play and I think right tackle is going to be the position that I am a bit, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a bit wary of, but hopefully mm -hmm. if Mac Jones get the, gets the protection he needs in this offense can function in this kind of, I, I think you're going to see a lot of four or five wide spread it out, get the ball out of your hands real quick before we got a piece out by seven o'clock who, who are maybe a, a one riser and one faller from today. One riser, one faller. That's a good question. Riser, I'd say Tom Montgomery, um, because even though he was getting reps, he wasn't making a huge impact in minicamp and OTAs. And like I said, he had four touchdowns today, so you have to give him his flowers. Um, in terms of someone who went down, that's a good question. Uh, I guess I'd maybe go with, I don't want to say down. I'm just thinking of somebody who really didn't impress me. I'd say Trace McSorley. He's not expected to necessarily make the roster, yeah. but he's someone who you just don't really like he's throwing passes at guys like wastes. It just it, it consistently, like when he's on the field, it just the operation seems off. Um, I don't want to pick on him like he's a third string quarterback, but right. you know, he's someone who you hope maybe as a veteran leader, someone who gives you some mobility and contribute. But I just don't he just I, I hate being mean. Yeah, but I, he just I, I really isn't an NFL quarterback, if I'm being very honest. Yeah, and you know what? He may very well not be an NFL quarterback for this team. Because um, yeah. I, I think that's the thing to, to kind of keep in mind. A lot of these guys I've seen um, people ask about, like Jalen Hurd being a running back, or you know Malik Cunningham, or Kevin Harris. A lot of these guys are, are dudes that are going to be fighting for reps in, in, in terms of like fighting to even make the team. And I don't think there's any guarantee Trace McSorley is going to be on the roster. And they might not just mm -hmm. grab some veteran quarterback that gets cut and throw him on there afterwards. Right now, it feels like he's a camp body. Uh, we will see if he becomes anything more than that. One thing that – okay, you oh, you want to talk about a Riley Reef potentially? Yeah, I'm sorry. I got so I, – I spent way too much time on Trent Brown. That's my bad. Um, but I do want to address really quickly Riley Reef. He was someone who at the end of the last mini camp, we saw Connor McDermott was in for him and it was kind of questioning like, all right, what's going on here? Is he not, you know, performing well enough? 
Riley Reef was a consistent presence at right tackle. And next to him, instead of Mike Nwenu, was veteran Bill Murray, who transitioned from the defensive right. line, has really great athleticism. I was excited watching him in the preseason, yeah. and uh, he was out there, and clearly they trust him to some degree. So, yeah, the right side is kind of a question mark right now, but yeah. those were the guys that were out there on most of those it, It'll be much less of a question mark once we actually get Michael Nwenu back. But the right tackle spot worries me because, again, mm, I think fair. Riley Reef can be a replacement level player, but he's like 34 years old. And I'm not sure that I want to be counting on him to I, I'm not sure I want to be counting on him right now. And you didn't see Michael and out there because he is on the pup list. So yeah. hopefully he gets off of that here soon. We are going to be continuing to watch what goes on at Patriots training camp. I would suspect you're going to see more red zone tomorrow and maybe open it up a little bit more as the week goes on and getting into next week. But at for, for every, every bit of news, make sure you're following Taylor Kyle's at tkyles39. He's going to be down there every single day. I'm Kyrie Thompson. Follow me at katiethompson5. Make sure you follow this show and you tune in on Friday where we will be back for more Patriots training camp talk. Thank you all for joining. 